This is the Game Changers Experience. Deep dive conversations with leading business disruptors, Olympic athletes, celebrities, entrepreneurs, and influencers from around the world. This show will teach you insights about the winning principles in mindset, productivity, marketing, branding, entrepreneurship, business strategy, and more. Hosted by Productivity Authority, business strategist, former elite athlete, author, and public speaker, Adam Strong. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Game Changers Experience with myself, Adam Strong. And today, we have another amazing guest here on the show. And, um, you know, it's really interesting. So depending on when you're actually listening to the show, of course, um, we're, ju- we're coming up to our 250th anniversary. So we've been actually running this show for just over three years. Uh, and I just wanted to share my gratitude and appreciation to you guys that are listening in, uh, but also wanted to share my gratitude and appreciation to all our guests that we've had here on the show, because without it, we wouldn't be anyone, right? So I just want to share my gratitude and appreciation. But listen... I wanted to jump into today's show because I have a really amazing guest here and someone that actually we had a, a great dialogue that we met uh, actually through LinkedIn. I, I'm a I'm a big advocate of LinkedIn, of course, uh, and through our mutual connection and uh, uh, our mutual connection, Marshall Goldsmith, uh, who's been here on the show and he's a good friend of mine. He's a good friend of our guest today as well. And, uh, you know, he's just a great all round guy. So listen, um, today's guest. Uh, her name is uh, Michelle Tillers-Ledman, and Michelle is an expert on workplace communications and relationships. Now, she was named in Forbes as one of the top 25 networking experts, and she's also one of the top 30 communications professionals in the world, according to Global Gurus. And she's the author of four books. Okay, which we'll have a chat a little bit about as well. She's been featured in numerous media such as the Wall Street Journal, the New York Times. Uh, she's been on NBC. She's been on various media and magazines and uh, media outlets. So she's a real authority in what she talks about. You know, and so some of the things that we're going to be covering today for you, uh, you guys that are fascinated by the conversation, we're going to talk a little bit about some of the communication challenges that of you guys that are listening in that maybe you're facing. So we're going to have an open dialogue about that and how to overcome some of those communication challenges and connection challenges. And we're going to be talking a little bit about how to overcome some of those challenges. Uh, We're also going to talk a little bit about Michelle's book as well. So even though she's got four books, I'm going to talk about one specific book, uh, which is around uh, connections. Uh, We're going to be talking a little bit about her book and, and and the connection mindset. So we're going to be talking a little bit about what connection mindset is and how that applies to everyday running a business and stuff. So without further ado, let's bring the main lady on the show. Michelle, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me on the show. Great to have you. You know, it's interesting because I know that we first met on LinkedIn and I, forgive me, you know, I think it was Either you'd reached out or maybe we had this dialogue through what Marshall had posted. And then I think we just got connected through there, right? I would have to go check myself. (laughs) I do think you reached out to me on LinkedIn. Maybe we both commented on the same post or something like that. Great. Yeah, you know, um, and, and, and it's interesting because I think one of the things that uh, fascinated me about your profile was just not only your expertise and you're an authority in what you do, 
But one thing that really appeals to our conversation is around human connections. I'm a big fan of that. I think that's why we kind of hit it off, right? Yes. I, I mean, you can feel it just in listening to your energy, um, your authenticity in um I was on a podcast actually earlier today and and she was like, here's the questions. And I'm like, look, I've learned to embrace that imperfection is perfection. So I don't need the questions. Let's just be ourselves. And and I love that you just approach it that way without thought. And that's, you know, something I connect to. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. You know, it's interesting when you meet someone who's just got this kind of like you know, it's just an it's just an easygoing conversation. It's not an uphill struggle to have that conversation. And you sing off the same hymn note, and it, it just makes things so much easier anyway. So thank you very much for that. I really appreciate that. But anyway, let's get into the gist of today because I'm excited about how today's conversation is going to pan out. And I hope that you guys are too. So just for formalities, if you're listening to us live, use the hashtag live use the hashtag replay. If you've got any questions, by the way, if you're listening to us, feel free to make any comments in the comment section in the comment section below. We're actually streaming through on YouTube and on LinkedIn and on Facebook as well. So make sure that you say hi to us. We do not buy it. Well, not today. Um, so <laughs> but if you're listening to this on the podcast, of course, feel free to check out uh, the description notes and also to, to reach out to Michelle on her social media profiles below and uh, make sure that you ch ch uh, check out her books over on Amazon and on her website as well. So anyway, that's the formalities done. Looking forward to today's conversation. Let's let's get into, into the gist of today. So uh, I guess my I guess my first thought, my first question for you, um, Michelle, I mean, I mean, there are some common threads. I mean, you you kind of identified that working in your field of expertise for such a long period of time. I mean, you've got like two decades of experience in what you're doing, haven't you? And I, I, I feel like with a lot of leaders, they have some common challenges with regards to connection and communication and how they intertwine. Uh, how I, I, Let's talk a little bit about those, should we say, challenges, you know, and how they how, how some of our listeners can overcome that. Well, you picked two of my favorite words, and I actually have a, a a phrase that I always say is to communicate to connect, right? So the connection and communication are not two different things, that one is a means to the other. If we communicate to connect, then we are connected to our message. We are connected to um, our communication partner, our team, our, our um, you know, our mission, right? So that's, they're intertwined for me. And I think that is actually one of the biggest challenges leaders face is that we get so involved in the do, right? I got to get this done, that done, that the communication becomes um, thrown away. And yet communication is the thing that causes the, um, the most emotional responses, right? How somebody mm -hmm. communicated with you is going to either um, retain you, engage you, build your loyalty, build your trust, or it's going to do exactly the opposite. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. So true. So true. Um, what I was going to say to you, I know that, um, uh, I mean, e even if you're working within a small business environment, or even if you're working in a corporate environment and you've got, you know, some of our listeners that are making decisions on a daily basis, 
that may have challenges with regards to maybe retaining staff or engaging staff and you know building relationship up with them and things like that and sometimes it can be a bit awkward if you don't feel like your your values maybe align completely aligned or there's you you don't know the person that well i mean this is this seems to be a kind of a common a common common problem in in the workplace it doesn't matter if you're in america or or in the or in the uk or whatever it is but you find that when it comes to communication and connection itself what do you think are some of the sticking points as to why I don't know, maybe leaders use them as separate entities, number one, but also they make it make a bit of a hash out of it, if that makes sense. Do you, do you know what I mean? I, I can guess what making a hash out of it means. Um, <laughs> it's not a phrase I'm familiar with, but I can guess. Um, there's so many things that you just said that had my brain going. Um, and so one portion of the question is why is you know, connecting through communication so challenging. But before, mm. and bring us back to that, but before I get there, you also said something about these people who are making decisions. And mm. that just set off a little alarm with me because a lot of times we make decisions in a silo, we make decisions in isolation, and we might've gone out and asked people's opinions along the way. But mm -hmm. when we think about really wanting to engage, as you said, people want to feel that they're having an impact. People want to feel empowered and that their thought, their actions, their work is influencing, is, is impacting the overall goal, mission, um, output of the organization, right? So if you're making a decision and not communicating that decision effectively, every time that you do something that doesn't give you all the good stuff in your communication, it's likely going to give you all the bad stuff in your communication. So... <laughs> So being aware of the benefits of effective communication is probably like ground zero. So right. let's say you have a decision that you're making. You may or may not have gone out to people to ask their opinion. Either way, when you share that decision, I want you to share not just the what of the decision, but the why behind the what. So mm. here's the decision we made. And then you're like, period, done. And everyone's going like, I don't understand. That's the stupidest decision I've ever heard. <laughs> right? But if you sit there and say, you know, I heard a few people and, and I heard some of these things and we took that into consideration and the other things that we had to consider are these things and therefore the decision we made is this and here's why. And help them understand, bring them along to that decision so that they can jump on board with you and continue down that path towards that decision. But if you don't onboard them with the reasoning, right? Mm. And a lot of leaders out there are like, I don't have to, I'm the boss, it's my decision. Yes, you are. And yes, it is. And you are making it. But how you are implementing that decision is not you alone, because to be a great leader, you get your results with and through other people. And mm. if you want them to give you their best, then bring them along with you mm. in your reasoning. So that was one thing you said that I'm just like, ooh, 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 I got to say. I love that. I love that. I love that. I love that. Um, now I'll go back to your broader question, right, which was around why are we kind of not great at this? Sure. Um, you know, and, and I don't think everyone's not great at it. I think we're not consistent with it. Mm. And I think that's the bigger challenge because when we think about connection and communication, one of the pillars is trust. Mm. 
right? One of the mindsets of a connector, we're talking about my book, The Connector's Advantage, Seven Mindsets to Grow Your Influence and Impact. One of those mindsets is trust, connectors trust. If you want to connect, you must not only trust, but be trustworthy and be trusted. That's how we influence. That's how we impact. So um, there's four pillars of trust. Authenticity, right? Which you have in droves. We already talked about the fact that you were just so real as you start this conversation. Authenticity. Can't connect with you if you're not being you. You know, might not like the next word, vulnerability. I like that <laughs> word. I love that word, by the way. It took me a while to appreciate that word. <laughs> um, but vulnerability leads to credibility. Vulnerability yep. is not about weakness. It's about openness. It's about sharing. It's about thoughtful uh, disclosure, right? So right. vulnerability. Mm-hmm. The third is transparency, right? And we started to allude to that a little bit, not just the decision, but the reason behind the decision. Um, transparency is not telling everybody everything, but it's telling people what you are in- able to tell them, what you're not able to tell them, when you'll tell them what you can tell them, why you can't tell them what you can't tell them. It's just making people feel in the loop mm-hmm. so that they don't have to make up stories in their own head. And then talk to other people about those stories. And then they believe those stories. And then you have, you know, a boiling of uh, the ocean and the rumor (laughs) mill and all of that stuff happening. So transparency is really important for building trust. And the last pillar of trust, which is how we got here, is consistency. Because one of the definitions, I actually do this exercise with a lot of my organizations when we're talking about how do we build a culture of trust And I ask them to not just define trust and what do we do that builds it? What do we do that breaks it? And and how do we restore it? But that definition of trust is a really challenging thing. If every you, all your listeners out there right now, just like pause or I'll stall a little bit for you. And I want you to think about how you would define this word trust. Mm. And I bet you if I asked you all to put in the comments, what's your definition of the word trust? You're going to see lots of different definitions floating through. And I love that. And I've done this activity, I don't know, a thousand times, and I've never gotten the same definition twice, but I do get themes. But on page 100 of the book, you will see two definitions that always struck with me. Um, One is the simplest one. Trust is the expectation of predictability. Like if that's not a mic drop, like, oh, it's not good. It's not bad. It's just, I know what to expect. I trust whatever I believe will happen will happen. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the other one is, you know, really long definition, but it ends with trust is fluid. There's no mm-hmm. timeline for creation or destruction. It's fluid. And so if we think about our communication, if we think about our all of our micro actions, because communication is more than our words. Mm-hmm. It is our tone. Is it our body language? It's what we choose not to say. It's who we say it to. It's all of those elements. And so if we think about all of those elements of communication are either going to contribute to building trust or breaking it. And it's kind of like that tip meter. Did they come and check in on my meal? Did they fill up my water cup? The tip is going up. Did they spit on my dish? My tip is going down, right? <laughs> <laughs> love it. Love it. Love it. I love this. I, I honestly love this conversation. This is definitely right up my street. So there was a lot of keywords that you, that, that are just that I'm, I'm like beaming up like a beam me up Scotty type of like, oh yes, yes, type of thing. So I just want to say that was that was that was amazing. Thank you. Um <clears throat> which kind of brings me on to 
a really inter uh, an interesting point here, okay? Because you've established importance of communication and connection already. Now, building authentic connection is obviously a real key aspirational leadership quality, isn't it? it that's what you train others to do. That's what you do your speaking events. That's what that's what you're going into businesses for. Could you share maybe some strategies that leaders can use to establish and nurture genuine connection with their teams, with their clients, with their customers? Um, any any thoughts there? Um, I'm going to make it real simple for everybody out there. I do a program called Connected Leadership, right? Okay. And I very quickly tell people there's only two things you need to do in order to be a connected leader. Everybody grab your pen. This is it. <laughs> the first is show your people you care about them as people. Now, how you do that is up to you, but show them you care about them as people. Number one, that's that seems real, real simple, real obvious. And number two is show your people you care about the things they care about. If you think about how do I personally do these two things with these people in front of me, the how is up to you. But that's what your goal is to be connected because a leader isn't about, you know, what I am trying to accomplish. A leader is trying to help set the path for somebody else to get to that vision that you're laying out there. And so, um, you know, I care about you as a human hmm. and understanding what you care about. You might care about developing a skill. You might care about, um, you know, who you get to work with. You might care about getting to um, work on a certain aspect of a problem that really means something to you. You might, right? Let me understand. And how do you understand what they care about if you don't ask them? Cool. <laughs> <laughs> that helps. Um, so having conversations, checking in, um, you know, and the conversations, those are professional ones with what they care about, but they're not always professional, right? We don't just care about our work. And I hate the whole work-life balance because I don't believe in the concept of balance. No. And I do like the phrase work-life integration a little bit better, but the way I think of it is, um, you know, work-life fit. Hmm. Like you, you choose what you want to fit into your life. And some of those things like, you know, I don't separate my work from the rest of my life. My, my work is part of who I am. It's my passion. It's my mission. Could we all be so lucky as to really feel that sense of purpose around our work? Right. So I don't need to separate it out. Like I talk about my work with my family and my kids and my son actually did a report on, on this book at school once, which was like best mommy moment ever. Um, <laughs> but so, you know, what's important to me to fit in might not always be work. It might be like, hey, I want to make sure I get to exercise every day. If that's right. important to your people, like, hey, can we adjust hours? Can you take your lunch and go to a gym? Like, how can I work with you to help you fit in what's important to you? Some good stuff, that. Really juicy. Um, for you guys that are listening, you know, I hope that um, I hope you're enjoying our conversations, by the way. And uh, Michelle is, you know, she's dropping some massive um golden bombs, if you like, uh, with regards to this particular topic. I'm absolutely fascinated by it. So listen, if you've got any questions, feel free to use uh, the comment in the comment section below. And if you're listening to this on the podcast, like I mentioned to you guys, if, you, if you're not watching us live, feel free to reach out to myself or Michelle if you have any 
big questions that's kind of like that you're biting on your on your fist right now thinking oh i want to ask this question feel free to reach out we do not buy it trust me um you know what i had an epiphany when you were speaking i'm going to share it with you really quickly and this will apply to leaders and business owners that run small businesses or corporations it doesn't really matter the fundamentals don't change but have you ever come across, <clears throat> but for you guys that have listened that are listening in right now, have you ever had one of those awkward conversations or the difficult conversations, right? Which might be around a conflict in the workplace. It might be around offering constructive feedback or one way, shape, or another, or whatever it might be. What tips do you have for leaders to approach conversations with um What's the word I'm looking for? Clarity and empathy. Because I know that it can be extremely difficult to mm. have some of those, especially making some, uh, you know, it might be even kind of having a decision of letting someone go. It's it's a very difficult thing to make and it, it's not personal or anything. But any, any, any tips there? Tons. Um, okay, so <laughs> I heard conflict and I heard feedback. So the first thing I'm going to do is talk about those concepts and how to view the concepts. And then don't let me forget to give you a conversation model to have the conversation. Love it. Um, okay, so starting with conflict. The first thing is to understand the power and the value of conflict. Conflict is not a bad thing. It's not a dirty word, right? Mm -hmm. Conflict simply means that we have two different goals. Mm -hmm. I want the conference room. You want the conference room at the same time. Okay, our, our, our needs conflict, but that doesn't mean we are in an argument. Mm -hmm. So the first thing is to understand that how you approach conflict can either, you know, help by uncovering processes and issues and strengthening relationships and, and advancing ideas. And conflict can be really, really valuable to an organization. Or it could erode trust and you know degrade morale and do all the things that we sometimes associate with conflict. So the first right. thing is to view it positively. And I'm gonna say the same thing in a different way about feedback. You called it constructive feedback, which basically makes us feel like, oh, I'm gonna be put in the bad girl chair and somebody's gonna tell me how bad I am. <laughs> and you know, I think feedback is a gift. Feedback mm -hmm. is one of the most valuable things that you can give and that you can receive. Every time I do a talk, I put a little QR code up there and I say, please, I want to hear your feedback. And I've actually had people in the middle of a talk tell me, hey, I don't like this. This is this, this. And I wrote a whole blog post about it because I'm like, you know, yeah, I got called out in front of a couple hundred people. And <laughs> I said, thank you. Thank you for bringing that to my attention. Not only did I say thank you, I wrote a blog post about her. She came up to my book signing table afterward and I thanked her again one-to-one -one because it took wow. so much courage for her to say, hey, I'm feeling judged by this. Right. And, and I know that wasn't my intention, but that, but that gave me information to be able to present that information in a way that doesn't make somebody feel that way. And had she not done it, I would have never known. Feedback is a gift. And when you receive it, your response should be, thank you. Yep. Thank you for having the courage to share that with me. And then ask them a question, get more specific, really understand what they're trying to communicate. And then say, you know, what suggestions do you have for me? 
And then circle back with them and say, hey, I took that advice. Did you notice? Mm. Right? So make it a conversation that is circular and continue to invite that information because that's somebody who's mentoring you or mm -hmm. guiding you and leading you and coaching you, right? If we give feedback in the right way, right? So the same thing yeah. with, so we have conflict and feedback are wonderful, wonderful aspects in an organization. They're, they're valuable. They're useful. How do we do it? <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, by the way, did you notice I didn't use the word constructive criticism because I hate that word. But I mm -hmm. love using feedback, so I, I, yeah. I'm not sure. I, I'm not sure if you picked that up. <laughs> I, I, I heard. I heard the constructive. That's what I picked up on. Yes, I heard constructive feedback. But the constructive um, is the implication of, you know, I'm telling you something you could do better. Right. Or exactly. True. I just use the word feedback, or our friend Marshall Goldsmith uses the phrase mm -hmm. feed forward, which I love even more, because mm -hmm. to me, I define feedback as information. Mm -hmm. But I always say there's no point in looking at the past unless it's giving you information for how to act in the future. Right. Feedback is not about berating somebody and wagging your finger at them. Mm -hmm. Feedback's purpose or feed forward's purpose is, hey, what can we learn from this so that next time it will be better? So Love it. Yes, I totally understand the word constructive, but it, it's one of those that kind of makes me have the heebie-jeebies. Heebie um, <laughs> well, thank you for your honesty. And thank you for your feedback. I appreciate it. <laughs> totally get it. And people use it and they can use it all they want. We all have our triggers, right? Absolutely. Um, okay. So how do we have this conversation? Mm -hmm. um, you know, th there's lots of ways. And if we had a, a, an example, we would talk about specific phrasing. But what I want to do is instead give you a model for the conversation that you can apply in any of these situations. Okay. So um, it's it's simple. It rhymes. Ask, elaborate, empower, collaborate. Don't worry. I'll go through all of these. <laughs> <laughs> Ask, elaborate, empower, collaborate. It's a four-step conversation model. So you as the leader are kicking off the conversation with a question. Okay. And the question is open-ended, right? It's not, did you think that was a good idea? That's not a question, <laughs> right? That's an accusation. Did you think you did well? No, that's not a question. Right. You know, how do you feel about how it went? That's a question. Right. It can be broad like that. Or you can say, how do you feel you did on that skill you're working on of increasing your eye contact or creating interaction? Right. It can be specific. It can be broad. Um, either way, you're asking a question. And then you're listening. A lot of times when we go into these conversations, we do all the talking as the leader and we think it's their job to listen. When you are in a coaching conversation, when you are actually trying to get the value out of these conversations, I love that you just did that. For those who are only listening to the sound, Adam just put his pen in his mouth and held it there so he couldn't talk. <laughs> that was brilliant. I love it. Um, but yes, you're listening and you as the leader should be speaking half the time or less. And most of the time we're talking 80%. Mm -hmm. So just keep in mind. All right. So we're listening. And what's happening as we listen is we're benchmarking. We're actually getting a little help here. How far apart are we? How much do we actually disagree about this point? Or mm -hmm. you know, how much do, do you see that this is a problem versus it really being a problem? Maybe, maybe the feedback is, hey, that went really great, and I want you to recognize it. 
So when we're listening, we know how close or how far we are to the other person. And then we go to step two, elaborate. The elaboration is my turn to speak as the leader. Sure. It's my turn to, to yes and, right? We're not no budding them. No, no, no. I'm dismissing everything you just said and here's what I think. <laughs> <laughs> that's That's not an engaging conversation. It's, you know, thank you for sharing your position on this issue. Thank you for letting me know how you feel it went, right? Because I'm talking about conflict or feedback, right? It could be either type, type right. of conversation. This works. Sure. And then it's, you know, if we disagree completely, we might say, you know, I do see it a, a bit differently. And and here's here's how I'm looking at it and presenting an additional point of view. And I really want you to think about words as additional and additive and not counter and dismissive. You can validate where appropriate, where you see things. Say, you know, I, I absolutely see how you came to some of those conclusions. Um, let me share how I came to my conclusions. Mm -hmm. So again, we are making somebody feel heard. Um, if somebody feels that they did something really well and you're like, oh my God, no, you didn't, <laughs> you know, in your head, <laughs> you might think, like, all right, I'm glad you're feeling really positive. And then you might say, are you open to, right? Because if you're mm -hmm. coming from a really, like, you are dreaming if you think that went well, like, and now you realize you guys are really far apart, you might want to invite, right? And so what you do is say something like, are you open to, you know, hearing, um, you know, my perspective? So you ask permission. You, you ask permission. Are you interested mm -hmm. in hearing, um, you know, what it looked like from the outside? Sure. So that that's the invitation. If you are not as far apart, you might realize like, you know, hey, um, I really appreciate your desire to improve. I want you to start with what you think you did well, because I think there was a lot of good stuff there. And before I tell you what it is, I want you to recognize it for yourself. Because sometimes when we're trying to build confidence in somebody, you telling them they don't believe it. Mm -hmm. And so getting them to, to recognize, you know, like, I want you to tell me at least three things that you felt really went well, because a lot of times people mm -hmm. just beat themselves up. Right. Um, so again, feedback isn't necessarily negative. Mm -hmm. um, all right. So we're elaborating. We're adding our two cents. We're saying, you know, hey, here's some additional information. Here's information I collected. Here's perspective I've received. Here's what I observed. Right. Here's all this information. Now, okay. this is that's the first half of the conversation. Before we move to the second half, we might want to look at root cause. So why is it that we both booked the conference room at the same time? What happened in the system so that we can avoid this happening in the future? Or, um, you know, what is it that caused whatever the conflict is or whatever the, hey, why didn't you feel that you had the authority to make that decision and therefore nothing got done? You know, what is it that wasn't communicated? What is it that you you didn't have knowledge of so that we can avoid, right? So if we can understand, hey, you didn't have the budget, you didn't have the authority, you didn't have the confidence, you didn't have the training, mm -hmm. you didn't have the resources, what is the reason behind this? And then we can go into the second half of the conversation, which is empower. People are gonna buy into their own ideas way more than they're gonna buy into yours. So as the leader, don't come in with a solution. As the leader, ask them what they think the solution should be. What do you want to do next? How do you want to handle this? What are your ideas for resolving this? What are, if we're in a conflict, what are the options 
that we can come up with together that can address both of our concerns. What do you see as the options is a conflict question. What do you see as the options? As a feedback question, it's, you know, what what do you think you'll do differently next time? What do you want to work on? How do you want to move forward on this? And then collaborate. The collaboration Mm -hmm. is not saying, no, do this. (laughs) Again, we're being additive. Don't come in with the answer in mind. Mm-hmm. Say, you know, I really love that idea. I have another idea, um, but I'm not sure which, you know, which is better. Let's just brainstorm together a little bit. Because mm-hmm. as soon as the boss says, well, I have another idea, they'll be like, okay, I'll do that. But what you might say is, I like that. And that's exactly where I think you should start. Um, after that, you might want to think about this. What do you think? Mm-hmm. So, or it might be, I think that's a great idea. Um, but you might want to switch the order of those ideas. And here's why. Remember the why we started this whole conversation with tell them the why. All right. I know I've been talking a lot. I'm going to stop talking. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, with the collaboration, could you also say to them, rather than just making some, you know, some alternative suggestions or kind of getting them to think, um, you know, have you thought about this? Have you thought about, about that? Could you also say to them from a collaboration perspective, how would you feel about um, us working together so we can help you work towards X goal or whatever it is? Would that be a, a collaborative form of collaboration? I love that. And you know what? One of the questions I love when we're in the, that empower stage is to say as the leader, what support do you need from me? Right. How can I help you here? What will get in your way? Mm-hmm. Right? I love all of those questions. And that's really what you just instinctively see. You're just an instinctive leader. well i appreciate that and thank you for your feedback um yeah no that it it was just kind of a um kind of an inclination that came into my mind um only because we're big fans of collaboration as well so hence in the podcast so so there you go that 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 was really pretty cool um interestingly enough and what was i going to say to you i mean as leaders um as entrepreneurs we all of us doesn't matter who we are, what we do and our positions, it's completely irrelevant. But effectively, communication in itself, we can all refine and become better in what we do and how we communicate as communicators. What in terms of practices, or maybe there's some specific resources, uh, some, some some types of resources um would you recommend for leaders and entrepreneurs that they want that they could go away and continuously sharpen? And I'm a big believer of sharpening the axe, sharpening their communication skills so they can become better communicators, so they can become better connectors. Any thoughts there? Um, again, so many. My head just goes. You know, I love continuous improvement. And right. I, you know, I was, ta- I was coaching somebody this morning and she was like pep talking herself. Uh-huh. And what I said to her, I'm like, stop pep talking yourself and start coming up with a list of specific activities and actions that you're going to take to stop the, you know, the way, cause she's like, I'm going to tell them what I believe. And I'm right. She, she's very much in a man's world and, <laughs> and her opinion is nothing. And I'm like, 
Mm -mm. Your homework is send me five specific things that you plan to do to integrate into your communication and that you're going to write those five things down at the end of every day. You're going to look at that list and you're going to give yourself a score. How did I do on each of these five things? And so, for example, in this situation, it was um, I'm going to eliminate hedging language. Okay. Uh, So she can very clearly at the end of the day say, did I say, I think probably maybe simply just, I'm not sure my opinion or any of those phrases, right? She can evaluate that. It's really clear. And so my answer to your question is, it depends on what you're working on. Overall communication improvement is too broad. Mm -hmm. I want you to think about how you want to improve your individual communication. Do you need to be more concise? Do you need to be more direct? Do you need to be more assertive? Do you need to be more tactful? Do you need to be more diplomatic? Do you need to watch your body language? Do you need to not suck up all the air in the room, right? (laughs) What is it that you've received feedback on? And then I want you to develop your own list of five observable Mm -hmm. actions or habits that you want to build. Mm-hmm. So for example, I'm, I'm working with somebody right now who is working on micromanagement. <laughs> Classic. Right now, now, I mean, one of the top 20 most common things that as a coach, we have managers that need help with. Absolutely. And so, um, so she developed a list of coaching questions. She's like, mm-hmm. I'm going to um, stop telling people and I'm going to use two of this list of 10 questions in my conversations with every conversation, right? So again, it's a very specific behavior. Right. She can say, I did it or I didn't do it to help improve some form of her communication. Mm -hmm. Love it. And actually what I picked up from what you were speaking about, and I think this is really crucial for you guys that are listening. I hope that you picked it up too. But if you didn't, I'm going to spell it out for you. Self-evaluation. You know, that's one one thing that Michelle would just kind of spelt it out is it's evaluating yourself because what that actually does is it actually increases your self-awareness uh, in terms of your strengths. And I'm not going to say weaknesses, but room for improvement in terms of your, you know, your leadership style or whatever it might be. I think that's a really important point, self-evaluation. We don't do enough of it. I'll, I'll be honest with you. We just don't do enough of it. I, and I would agree. And I would take it a step further. And, and I love that you you said I didn't go to weaknesses because everyone's also about strengths and weaknesses and SWOT analysis. And you're right. It's here's my brand. Here's what I'm known for. Here's the strengths. Mm. And here are my areas for growth because that's what you're doing. You are growing. Yep. My, my developmental goals, you're developing. These are all positive language. Um, and I think that's a really important way to frame it for yourself and for others. Um, but I want to build off that self-evaluation because it isn't always just about evaluating yourself. We have blind spots. And so Mm -hmm. one of the things that I do in almost all of my executive leadership coaching engagements is 360. Let me get feedback as much as I can from others because they see what I might not. And that will open my eyes. And maybe they see something that I don't even see in myself. Mm. And then I could be like, oh, I'm like that? Okay. You know, (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, you all see that in me? Well, that feels great. Right? So that is really a powerful tool. And as a leader, if you can get 360 feedback, um, you know, every couple of years, 
Mm. There's value to that. Absolutely. If not every year. When I work with some clients, we do a check-in sometimes every six months to say, am I still, you know, moving the needle on these areas or should I be picking new areas to work on? Yeah. You know, and I I love it for, for, uh, you know, and I have this analogy, Michelle, right? And And it applies to pretty much everything, whether it be you running a business or being a great leader and trying to be the best version of yourself, you're either growing or dying. You know, if you if you're not, you know, if you're not making plans for improvement, continuous growth, what are you doing? <laughs> That's kind of my question uh, to you guys that are listening. It's food for thought, right? It's food for thought. Anyway, so that's all good. Um, now, here's an interesting thought. Now, it could this could apply for could be new employees, but it also could be people that are part of an organization or a business, right? And we're all different. We're all human. We're all authentic in our own rights. And sometimes it can feel, what's the word I was looking for? Awkward. We have those um, awkward, I don't know, awkward uh, scenarios where, uh, you know, you've talked about the importance of communication and connecting as an entity together, but they may have these kind of like barriers or judgments or perceptions in their mind with regards to, oh, I don't, I don't want to approach this person. Even if I was to say hello or whatever it is, they, they, have, they might have this fear of rejection because it's like, I have never spoken to this person before, right? Or that person comes across as scary. Or I've seen that person in a meeting and I don't really like their tonality, all right? For whatever, whatever the scenario is, and you know they may they may feel kind of a little bit insincere or insecure or not so confident. Um, do you have any um, uh, kind of strategies for people to help overcome those barriers for individuals? I'm sure you have a ton of them, uh, just to help that kind of get that connection back, if you like that connection uh, that connection jam back. So um, there's two mindsets in the book that I'm I'm thinking about as you gave that scenario. And the first is to be open and accepting and right. the other is to be social and curious. So these are two more of the mindsets mm. of connectors. So yeah. open and accepting is not just about being open and accepting of other people, but it's also about being open and accepting of yourself mm-hmm. and understanding, you know, your unique charms. Um, so I define a unique charm as a quality about yourself that is core to who you are, but it sometimes works for you. And sometimes it doesn't. So, for example, one of my unique charms is that I can talk a lot. I'm sure your audience has figured that out by now. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I can fill up the the space, the silence. I can endlessly, right? Absolutely. And sometimes it's lovely and sometimes it's like enough, Michelle. Uh, My husband's, his unique charm is his sense of humor. I love it. He makes me laugh, but sometimes he goes for the joke at an inopportune time. Right. These are our unique charms. We all have them. And we need to understand those aspects of ourselves, accept them, and learn how to, what I call flex, the temporary adjustment to enable a more effective interaction with somebody else. So um, accept yourself. Mm -hmm. I love the line from John Legend's song, um, all your perfect imperfections. Love it. Love that line. So um, 
when you can be accepting of yourself and recognizing what you bring to the table and that there's value, um, you know, to a conversation, then you can go up with a little bit more confidence. The other side of that is to be social and curious. And when I say social, I do not mean social butterfly, life at the party, work in the crowd. I simply mean, <laughs> right? like that's being social is what we're doing right now. We're putting right. ourselves in a position to interact and communicate with one other individual, learn about them, mm -hmm. be curious about them, be willing to share a little of myself with them and see if connection forms. Some good stuff there. Really good stuff. I really like that. And, you know, I, I just love the way that you kind of like subtly make it sound so easy. Right. And because for, for, for some of the guys that are listening in, they're thinking this is all really well, Adam and Michelle, but you know, it's not that easy. It really isn't. And then again, you kind of like some of our listeners might be thinking, oh, you know what? Uh, maybe I need to go back and really, do you know what? Actually, ladies and gents, if you are listening to this and you're struggling with the conversation, go back and rewind this. I can highly endorse you do that. Make sure you take a pen and paper handy because there are some great, uh, uh, some great uh, value bonds in what Michelle was talking about. Uh, it really is. Anyway, I know we're but coming I'm, towards the end of our, go on, go ahead. I know, but I want to make one point. We never go said ahead. it was easy. We never said no. it was easy. Life's not no. easy though, is it? Uh -uh. It doesn't have to be easy, right? Mm -hmm. It's a choice. And if we see value in it, we make that choice to put the energy towards something that we value. It isn't about it making it easy. True. True. That's a, that's a very valid point there. I love that. Some good stuff. Now, I know that we are coming towards the end of our conversations, even though we could pretty much talk all day, um, you know, because we've got this great uh, energy between us. But my final question, actually, I know that you've got your your book behind you, The the, the Connector's Advantage, um, which you wrote. Um, and now you talk in, in the book, you talk a little bit about uh, the connections mindset, which you just briefly talked about a few minutes ago as well. But could you just kind of give us a, a little bit of a an overview about what it is? And how it can be a benefit to not just uh, businesses, but also as individuals as well. Oh, and it absolutely is both. Because when we talk about being a connector, um, I take it from both the individual perspective as well as from a brand perspective and a business perspective, right. organizational perspective. So mm -hmm. um, a connector is simply anyone who prioritizes relationships in all the interactions, right? That mm -hmm. That is the most basic, simplest way to define a connector. Um, but there are certain attributes and behaviors and, and qualities of a connector that enable them to move up the connector spectrum and, and um, build stronger, deeper, more lasting relationships. Now, the benefit of being a connector is, you know, the title of the book, The Connector's Advantage, faster, easier, better results. Whatever it is you're working on towards referral, job, promotion, um, you know, new client, sale, whatever it might be, health, happiness, even, even those aspects. You will get there faster, easier, and often with a better result through the relationships and connections that you have. That's the concept. When I started the research, I thought that we were kind of born a certain way. And through the research, I realized anybody can be a connector. Anybody can adopt these mindsets. And the seven mindsets that I highlight in the book are that connectors are open and accepting. We talked a little bit about that. They have a clear vision, right? Because you got to ask for what you want. Otherwise, you're not going to get faster, easier, or better. Mm -hmm. Connectors trust. We talked a little bit about that. Mm -hmm. They come from a place of abundance. They are social and curious. They're conscientious. 
and they have a generous spirit. Love it. And th those are the seven mindsets of a connector. Love it. Some good stuff. By the way, ladies and gents, if you haven't already purchased the book, I suggest you go and have a look um, on Amazon or all good, uh, good bookstores, of course, because there's a lot of uh, juiciness in what we've, well, not only have we talked a little bit about today, but there's just so much applicability, not just in uh, big workplaces and small workplaces. There's a lot of a, a applica an application from what Michelle's been talking about. And, you know, I'm a big fan of what we've been talking about, human connection and communication. I just think that they intertwine. Uh, it's like a matrimonial marriage, which just fits so beautifully. Uh, and I think it's just so great. Anyway, I'm blabbering on uh, and I, I feel like I'm blabbering on here anyway. But listen, I, I just wanted to say, Michelle, I just want to say thank you so much for being on today. And actually, last one, uh, just really, really quickly, actually, what are you working on? Because I know that you've got four books out. You're doing Marshall Goldsmith coaching and stuff like that. I mean, I mean, it sounds like, you know, for the decade of experience that you've done, I mean, what's the next what's the next thing for you? Well, it's interesting. I actually, I've always been a, a B2B person. All of my clientele has really been through organizations and I've had a lot of requests for um, more of the uh, D2C, direct to, to consumer. Mm -hmm. And so I am actually in development for kind of a mastermind type of community um, mm -hmm. where I will be able to reach more of the um, individual audience um, that you know, at a price point that's more accessible than my executive coaching. So I'm right. hoping in the next year to roll something like that out. Sounds good. Well, when you start rolling that out, or if you need some help, I'd love to have a conversation and, and talk about it further. So um, that sounds exciting. Sounds very cool. Thanks. Love that. It's very good. Anyway, and guys, listen, wanna, I hope you... I was oh, going to say, ahead. if people want to stay up on that, then then I think you put all those notes in the bottom of how to find me. So absolutely feel free to connect with uh, Michelle over on, on LinkedIn or uh, any, uh, any particular social media outlet that she's kind of proactively on there. I mean, LinkedIn is kind of the, like your playground a bit more, right? I'm mostly on LinkedIn, but the, a great place to start is really just my website, which is my full name, Michelle with two L's, Tillis Letterman, L-E-D-E-R-M-A-N.com. From there, you can find all the things and all the free gifts and all the things we've been talking about. We love a good freebie, don't we, ladies and gents? Anyway, listen, <laughs> hope you've enjoyed today's show. And from me and Michelle, uh, I just want to say thank you very much for listening in. And by the way, again, I'm always a big endorsement of this. If you have enjoyed today's show, please do me a favor. Give us a one or a five-star review over on Spotify or on Apple. Now, I don't know if you if you listen to this on Spotify. They have this new interactive portal. To, and uh, it's I think it's a piece of AI. And they'll ask you, what did you think of today's episode? Right? So I'd love to get your feedback. Feedback. Okay. Uh, on today's episode, we'd love feedback and how to improve the show. And uh, we welcome it with open arms. So listen, hope you've enjoyed today's show. And uh, from me, Michelle, we wish you an amazing day, week, month, whenever you listen to this. Thank you so much. And uh, speak to you soon. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.